Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shana. Oh, and I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, a Spellcast. Hey, you listening there. Have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls? Demon infested world. They're the charmed ones. They're the charmed ones. They're the charmed ones. Charmed, a spellcast. Hello, fearless listeners. Welcome back. We're back in the stewed. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> What's better than two guys being dudes? Here in the stewed. Here in the stewed. That was a very strange thing to say. It was a Vine reference. I know. Oh. No, not two dudes being dudes. Oh, the two guys st- being sorry. Stoods. <laughs> oh, the stoods. Stood. It hurts me. I'm so a sorry. Bit. Okay. Therefore, we must keep it. <laughs> Do <laughs> one thing every day. <laughs> that hurts you. That hurts you. <laughs> Suffer That's for your a- art. Uh, Roosevelt <laughs> quote. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln said that. Michael Scott. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. We're back in the studio and we're doing another episode. And it's going to be a full length one this time. Can you believe it? We saw an episode. We did. Together. Together. It's been a while since no this happened. Yeah. It has. And you know what? It was a really good time. I love watching episodes with you. I love seeing your the consternation on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that, that was my TV watching uh, face, but... No, I think mostly it's pretty placid. Oh, okay. Um, but then sometimes... Slack-jawed. <laughs> <laughs> Consuming media. No, then sometimes something will happen, and rightly so, there will be a flicker of a grimace. <laughs> A bit of an, oh, no, <laughs> why am I watching this? And same. Hmm. Same. Oh, and that was the same that you, that you got your snacks from the nice, um, uh, what oh, yeah. holiday was we, it? We, oh, Purim. It was Purim. Yeah, happy Purim. Yes. Pas- post-Purim. Post-Purim. Not Belated. Passover. <laughs> Not Passover. It's Purim. Um, happy Purim. One of the wonderful things about living here in New York City um, is that there are a lot of Jews here. And... That's a weird thing to say if you have no context for who I am. (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) but having come from a small town in which we did not have a synagogue in the town, we actually had to drive over to the next city to go to synagogue. Mm, You did talk about that. I I have talked about that. And now being in New York City, where on Purim, there will be Jews who pack goodie bags and say, happy Purim, and give you a goodie bag. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Yeah. It was really nice. It was really lovely, even though it was raining. What was it? Cheetos that they gave you? I got kosher Cheetos. Oh, okay. Hebrew Cheetos. Uh-huh. Um, I got a little hamantaschen. Yes. And I got a few little sweet candies, and I felt so taken care of. Oh, yeah, good. It was lovely. So happy Purim. Belatedly. Belatedly to all of New York. <laughs> <laughs> I So this past week was my spring break, and I 
did not take a break. I was like, we're just going to catch up on everything that I wasn't able to do or able to like fully focus my attentions on during the rest of the term. And I finished my master's thesis and submitted it. And my uh, advisor emailed me and was like, you know, you're probably the first person this year to have submitted. And I was like... I mean, it wasn't a goal, but if I can win things, then I would indeed you like won. to be the first. It's not a race, but if it was, I'd be a winner. <laughs> hold for applause. Hold for applause. Can we get some air horns in yeah. here? Oh, my God. I should insert that. Pew, pew, pew. Um, so, yeah, that's that was submitted. It was um, a 44-page document uh, detailing why I think that we need to adopt a critical public health lens for using big data in healthcare. Oh, nobody can see that. I'm cheering. <laughs> I'm fist pumping. Oh, Bryce Wong. Thanks. Master of I Public mean, you Health. You just said my name, and I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the Shana Macy Warner said my name. The, I'm grateful. The Bryce Wong is now a Master of Public Health. Almost. Or so we think. Or so we think. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thanks. I'm so grateful that you take the time out of your academic schedule to come and do this. I mean, I could say the same for you and all of your other free labor endeavors. Yeah, indeed. Free. Speaking of labor. Yes. My housekeeping. Let's do it. Manor. Speaking of labor, mm-hmm. I went to a conference. She sure did. I did, in, I did indeed. Um, I went to a conference called Queer Work, Queer Labor in London, England. And good luck with Brexit. That's all I have to say. <laughs> It's frightening over there. I will say that. Oh, really? Oh, um, man. Yeah, a bit. There's there's quite a bit of tension in the air everywhere. Huh. Anyhow, I went for queer work, queer labor. Brexit was one of the biggest things that was discussed. Oh, I can but imagine. It, it was a conference put on by University College of London. Mm-hmm. And I presented a paper that was about cross-binary and non-binary drag as presented on RuPaul's Drag Race and Dragula. Can I get a gay man? Can I get a gay man? I think I remember that was your title. Can I? (laughs) It was. That was my title. And, um, And it was wonderful. It was such an interesting and educational conference. I learned so much. And the topic of the conference was really so that we could appreciate uh the labor movement and a queer impact on union organizing and things of that nature. So I learned so much. I learned so much about the the work, the sheer amount of labor mm-hmm. that people have had to do to represent their community and make sure that all of us benefit and can claim the rights that they have worked so hard to both create and preserve for us so that was a wonderful thing sounds wonderful it was and i I would think i was the only film studies person there so that was odd to be in that room but i would rather be the only film studies person in a queer work queer labor conference than the only queer person in a film studies conference both of which has happened now so infinitely prefer one over the other anyhow that's my manner keeping. Yes. Mm-hmm. Queer work is costly. Mm. Bottom and line. I, and I also enjoy the fact that there was such an emphasis on the labor movement because that, I feel, is an unrecognized movement in a lot of other activist movements. And it kind of like, it's, an, it's a necessary lens to like recognize how class plays into 
all these other different um, advocacy works. Oh yeah, absolutely. Students, students and workers are the two groups that have been like at the forefront of so many different causes. And this gave me a chance to learn more about it and reappreciate it. So welcome to the Wendigo. Ah, yes. So we watched the 12th episode My of God. the first season of Charmed. And it was labeled as such. Yes. Um, I can't believe we've done 12 of these. A dozen. Well, we did that and the mini- the miniature episode. Oh, the and, mini-sode. And the mini-sode. So My God. it's been 13 um, adventures together. And then all the ones that we had to re-record because we... Oh, We're yeah. too delirious the first time. 20. Yes. Five. <laughs> 25 million. Okay, so The Wendigo aired February 3rd, 1999, and it was directed by James L. Conway, and it was written by Edith Swenson. We opened the episode directly on action, which is Piper stranded in the middle of some road, uh, and she's trying to fix her flat tire, and she's on the phone of her sisters who are back at Quake trying to talk her through the process of changing your tire. Phoebe knows exactly what to do, and yes. she's trying to talk Piper through it. And Piper's like, I don't have any of those things, nor do I know what they are, but I do have a long wooden spoon. <laughs> do you think this will help me? <laughs> uh, in this, uh, my notes I have written, I am Piper. Piper is me. <laughs> I do have this this uh, very colorful umbrella. <laughs> I have a pride flag. <laughs> I remembered that um, I was watching a John Mulaney special, and he was talking about how he has no skills for handling the real world. And he was like, if someone got a flat tire, I could not offer them any assistance unless their assistance required extensive knowledge of the Cosby show. <laughs> <laughs> In which case, how may I help you? It's, yeah, I, yes, John Mulaney, Piper, and I, we have something in common. <laughs> we can't change a tire. Piper loses a signal. Yes. As she's trying to change the tire, which does not bode well. Something like that. There is some something. She call. I think she tries to call. So she hangs up on her sisters, but then she tries to call AAA or something, and then loses her signal. Hey, something in there. Okay. She tries for help. It doesn't work. Yes. Is the basic. Yes. Gist. Yes. And meanwhile, as as this is happening, um, Phoebe is trying to convince Prue to hire her mm-hmm. to work as her assistant at Buckland. Yes. And. Um, her her whole strategy, her motto in life, in life, Phoebe's motto is, when opportunity knocks, I answer the door. <laughs> Seize the day. Carp the DMs. Carp it entirely. <laughs> so they're at dinner talking about this opportunity yes. in the workforce. Um, and Piper is looking for another way to call for help, and she sees a phone booth. Oh, good. A phone booth. A single life phone booth. phone booth. <laughs> On this, a grassy knoll. Uh, surrounded by nothing. I, it could not have been any clearer if there was a neon sign pointing at it saying, do not go into this phone booth. <laughs> do not tw- walk toward me. Do not get into me and try to dial. <laughs> it will be the last call you ever make before you uh, die. This eerie spotlight is just for ambiance. <laughs> it was very X-Files. It this was. This whole episode. Yes. Incredibly X-Files. Yes. And, and we'll get more into that later. Um, anyhow, so as, as Phoebe and Prue are squabbling and Prue agrees to hire Phoebe, um, well, 
I would I would like to describe Piper's Walk as something mirroring the art of American contemporary artist Jenny Holzer, um, which is a woman walking alone at night, incredibly scared, toward a phone booth, looking for help, but no help will come. And she wonders, is this it for me? Oh. Anyway, look up Jenny Holzer. Okay. Uh, There was a plaque at the Tate Modern that, and a lot of her installation work is like on plaques or neon and things like that. And one of the, this is what one of the plaques said, after dark, it's a relief to see a girl walking toward or behind you, then you're much less likely to be assaulted. Oh my God. Yeah. That's all I was thinking when I was watching Piper. I remember looking at this Twitter post recently and this girl was talking to her boyfriend and she was like, I really don't want to work at this new uh, night shift at the grocery store because um, um, of the parking lot. And the boyfriend was like, oh, I know the parking lot just gets so crowded and so hard to find like a place to park. And the girl's like, no. In her head, she was like, oh, man, we have such different ways of thinking. I was afraid of the parking lot because at night when it's empty, it's such a long distance to get to my car and crossing that is so scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've experienced that working the late shift at a movie theater. Oh, man. Scary, scary stuff. Anyway, I wish I were a witch. I feel like I would fear things much less. But Mm -hmm. still, even knowing that Piper is a witch, I was afraid for her. Yeah. And rightly so. And she was afraid for herself. And I was thinking to myself, even if I had power, I think I would still be scared because that kind of realization that you might have to engage in a conflict is enough to Mm. be, like, hypervigilant and afraid. Oh. A woman wrote this. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. That's, that's that's what I have to say. I feel like that. we're putting off what happens. Yes, we are. Okay, so Piper walks toward the phone booth when crash, bang, Alakazam, a Wendigo appears. Oh my gosh. And it's a shaggy looking thing. Yes. It looks like Bigfoot. Yes. But it was scary. It was yes. scary enough that you gave a little jump. I did. It was, um, I feel like the uh, Uncanny Valley was too much. Like it was obviously a human who yeah. was playing the Wendigo, but... They had, like, put on so much makeup and so many, like, hair piece things. Mm-hmm. Yes, prosthetics, that was it. Yeah. That it was just, like, so unnerving to look at. Mm. They succeeded. So, anyway, Piper gets attacked in the phone booth by a Wendigo who crashes and, and smashes through the phone booth. Yes. And scratches her ah. and gets some skin. It's very, very scary and painful to watch. And then, out of the blue... A hunter comes to save her and uh, shoots a flare gun, and the flare scares the Wendigo away. And she saved. And she saved. And cut credits. credits. I am the sun and the air. Okay. Moody, moody San Francisco yes. moon. This ain't just any episode. This is a moody episode. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. Picture of a UFO. <laughs> the UFO Blown crosses up picture the moon. <laughs> Computer enhanced grain. Computer, zoom in. Computer, zoom in. (laughs) This is the FBI, Sonny. Okay. So they really frequent the hospital a lot. I was just thinking that. Oh, man. So they open up on the hospital post-credits. Yes. After gloomy San Francisco. And the sisters are searching for Piper. And they run into Trudeau. Trudeau? Special agent? No, it's not special agent. Detective Detective Trudeau. Yes. Next is... Billy, who was the person who saved Piper, and Special Agent Fallon. Yes. So everyone has questions for Piper. 
first of all, what happened to that spoon? <laughs> Can you really not change a tire? Um, yeah, there are a lot of new introductions in the mm-hmm. scene. Very rapid. Very, very rapid introductions of characters and of plot lines and of concepts. It, it's a lot. Yeah. There's and, a lot happening. And of like, oh, maybe it was later, but I thought that a lot of like, uh, not just character, but character backstory was also introduced yes. at the same time. No, no, no. At that time as well. Okay. When Billy's like, when my, my fiance or my wife or whatever. Was brutally murdered before me. Her heart ripped out of her chest. Well, I needed to smoke a cigarette, <laughs> is his whole thing. Billy's character is that he smokes. Yeah. And in the end, that was both his savior and his death. Oh, I do have some uh, manner keeping. <laughs> what is it? Uh, last summer, I was a research fellow at the Learner Center, and the Learner Center does um, health promotion promotion research. So I was part of a research group that was looking at survey data of point of sale advertising characteristics for tobacco retailers. And we recently just got accepted to preventative preventive medicine, which is a journal. Thank you. Applause. Applause. <laughs> Applause is my sign. Thanks. Applause. Yes. It's the first thing that my name is on. So you would be sponsoring this depiction of smoking because it kills. Smoking kills. Smoking kills. <laughs> An indirect cause. <laughs> of Wendigos. <laughs> Smoking kills. Congratulations. Thank That's you. wonderful. I mean, I really am not the first author, but my You're name still is on, on it. it. Your name yeah. is on Thanks. it. Smoking Kills Thank by you. Bryce. Can't wait to hold up the PDF on my computer. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. I'm I not hope purchasing you put, a print I hope version. you put a picture of Billy. Oh, stop. Okay, so... so anyway, yes. so Special Agent Fallon is there, mm-hmm. and she's been working with Billy this whole time to track yes. the Wendigo, the creature. They don't know it's called a Wendigo, but the creature that has been terrorizing Billy and multiple people. Yes. Um, and eating people's hearts. Yeah with its mouth. What an M.O. Yes, and so uh, Detective Trudeau and Special Agent Fallon exchange some words. Looks like the local PD and the Federal Bureau Bureau of Investigations are teaming up. They're teaming up, but there's some tension. And not just tension in the workplace. (gasps) Sexual tension! (laughs) Is that better? Yeah, that was good. I did the Mariah Carey earpiece thing. Yeah, I know, I saw. Um, They didn't, though, so they had to know. But they felt it. Good, okay. So, we're moving on. Yes, we are. So we learn about Billy's backstory, why he's so invested in teaming up with the FBI to track down this killer. And it's because he was involved in an attack himself. He survived. One of the very few to have done so. His fiance did not. And Piper also survived. She is the only person to have been scratched and survived. Yes. So Billy avoided the attack, but Piper did not, but she survived. Curious. Curious. Curiouser and curiouser. Aliens! So, um... We move to the next day. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Piper's back at home. She's got a little bandage on her arm. A little bandage. Bandage. And, um... And Prue is scooping up a lot of oatmeal yes. for breakfast. It's disgusting. It is. And she gives it to Piper and is like, eat up. <laughs> eat up. Um, Piper is pouring over. Uh, is it the... Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's trying to figure out more about this beast because she was inspired... Well, 
inspired is not the right word. She was afraid. Afraid. But I also think she did. She was doing it because of Billy. Like it wasn't just yeah. for her own sake. Mm-hmm. She wanted to find out what was happening to Billy. And um, the other sisters are like, "It's fine. You were the only innocent in there. Oh yeah. So we don't really care. <laughs> we're going to leave now for work." And Phoebe's like, "For work, a job. <laughs> I have a job. Shiver, shiver, shiver. I hate capitalism, but I need money for shoes." Um, anyway, I think that's an exact transcription. Yeah. So that was her character's inter- yes, internal monologue. That was. And then as Prue leaves and Phoebe goes to catch up with her, she says to Piper, I'm worried I'm going to disappoint Prue. Mm. It's like, oh, sisters, looking up to your big sis. Well, well, they have a little heart-to-heart. I love when they have heart-to-hearts because I feel like they're the ones who understand each other best in their trio. Phoebe and Piper? Yes. I agree. And Phoebe and Prue understand each other at least, but they're trying, Mm -hmm. and I love that. Okay, next we go to Buckland. This episode is an indictment of capitalism. (laughs) Here we have yet another plot line. Yeah, oh, that's right. We had a bunch of spiraling arcs this uh, episode. So Claire Price comes in and is like, oh, who is this? And Phoebe's like, I'm her assistant. And that's pretty much all of that. Um, (laughs) But they're, they're... uh, cataloging items mm-hmm. um, up for auction, and Prue explains that sometimes they get things from estate sales, they get things from any old place. Um, a lot of the time, they don't know the origin of something. It seems, which uh, it directly contradicts what happened in the last episode. <laughs> um, Where they had to get the papers. And yeah, all that. they had to get papers in order for this vase. Anyhow. Different writer, different rules. Nobody's done their entire research. I've never been to an auction. Agreed on the rules of this. I don't, yeah, I don't know a lot of people who have. Except for PTA auctions. True. The ones with the big old gift baskets. Yeah. And and a lot of the gift baskets were themed like um, a night at the movies. Yes, and there's just popcorn. <laughs> there's popcorn, M&Ms, and two Costco coupons to go see a movie. <laughs> ah, it brings me back. Yeah, it brings me way back. But no, this is a real auction house. <clears throat> yes. And so they're things. sorting through things, they're cataloging, and um, and Phoebe is very good at it, and it's great. And Phoebe picks up a bracelet, mm-hmm. a little, little gold bracelet with a little heart on it, and she gets a premonition. Zoom, zoom, premonition. <laughs> but it's of the past. And... It's that the bracelet came from a car crash. Mm, yes. Um, so she talks to uh, Prue and says that she feels as if she might need, or as if she's compelled to find the owner of the bracelet because mm-hmm. she thinks that perhaps it is related to some kind of like. There's a reason. Yes. There's a reason she had this this uh, premonition flashback, and Prue is like, oh, no. <laughs> Stop, stop it. This is my job. Don't mess with your magic stuff at my job. And Phoebe's like, can't help it. And Claire's like, ooh, a pre-bracelet. This will sell very quickly. And Phoebe's like, no. We know. What Claire Price doesn't know, which is that we can't sell the bracelet. Can't sell the bracelet. Yes. (laughs) Yet. Because we don't know where it's from, but it's tragic. Okay. Yes. So we move on. Yeah. So we move on. Um, Now we are at Piper talking to Billy. At Quake. And it's a Wendigo exposition. Yes. This is what the creature feeds on and things. And 
Also, this is what happened to my fiance, Laura, I think her name was. Oh, yes. Um, and Piper has been reading up, and Billy's like, man, you sure know a lot about this. And Piper's like, yeah, I know a lot of things about <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> I know things. I know things. So this is the first time Billy has heard the name Wendigo, and he mm-hmm. wants to go tell it to his, run and tell that to his FBI friend. Run and tell that. Yeah, he does. And Piper's like, okay, but I'm dizzy. You're right, because she's still recovering from her attack, and for some reason it doesn't seem like it's an easy recovery. No, it's not getting much better. Hmm. In fact, it might be getting <gasps> worse. That's the opposite <laughs> of better. <laughs> yes, so anyhow, that's a bummer. And then Billy's like, okay, you remind me of my fiancé. And Piper's like, yeah, I get that a lot from pining people. Um, oh, yeah, there's this whole discussion about the... Uh, motive for this killing monster thing is love or like broken people hearts. who are in love. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's it. People who are pining, which doesn't make a ton of sense given that like Billy was in love. Was in love, but anyway, I don't Maybe it's really not understand it. Maybe it's not a doesn't have to be like a value-based longing, like doesn't have to be like sad longing, but just like just oh, longing. I want to be with just this love. Person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There are several levels of it, but love, it love wants the this. heart. It wants the heart. That is a symbolic... To chew on. Crunch. <laughs> Crunch. Crunch. That, that is a signifier of love. Yeah, okay. It's a little too literal, this metaphor. Yes, it is. And Billy is taking liberties. He touches Piper's face. I don't like it. Get away. That's his goodbye move. He chucks her under the chin. <laughs> he chucks her. Oh, so they give a call to yeah. uh, Fallon, uh, yes. our FBA agent. Well, FBA, to Andy. FBI. Oh, yeah. So Piper gives a call to mm-hmm. Andy and tells him that Billy's on the way to talk to Agent Fallon. And then Trudeau hangs up, turns around. He's at the precinct. And he's talking to, or he talks to Fallon, who's at the precinct with yes. him. And, um, and lets her know the what's up. Yep, 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 yep. And she's like, hmm. Interesting. Okay. And so Billy's on his way. Mm-hmm. And then Agent Fallon intercepts him and is like, I'll walk you to your car. Let's walk and talk, mister. Mister. <laughs> oh, and then Let wa- me put my trench coat on. <laughs> while they were at the police department, before they had left to do this scene, Trudeau and Fallon had this really nice X-Files uh, dynamic going on where Fallon was like, I think it's love sickness that this killer's going after. And Trudeau was like, I think it's a ritual and it's human-based and we should <laughs> go down all these alleys of uh, investigation. Okay, Mulder. He does not want to believe. He does not, but he will. Okay, so now we go back to the car. Yes, the now we go scenario. back to the car and uh, Agent Fallon is getting information out of Billy about what's happening, it's when to go and why they think it might go after people. And he's, he's about to go to his car and she's going to leave him but then he lights up a cigarette he stops for a smoke and and the flare of fire which is supposed to scare Wendigos it gets a reaction out of her and she like hisses and does a little <laughs> now a fire and then he's like you he's you're the Wendigo Wendigo oh and one of the things uh. they found out was that a Wendigo can present as human during the daytime yes crucial because because she's the Wendigo she changes her arm just her hand just her hands yes 
They uh, get Talony. They get Talony, and she uh, breaks his neck in one fell swoop. Yeah, that was wild. Whew. And this is this is one of those examples of a lot of kind of horror camera techniques that are being used. Mm-hmm. We move on to do more of them. Like, we do a lot of low-angle shots and things like that. Uh, so if people's faces are distorted, yeah. and there, there's just a lot of, like, impending doom. But this, the slow, like crack of his neck uh-huh. i know that's awful to say this that's an, that's another one of those and i think it was um a good touch ah i actually liked it weirdly okay sadistic i mean i love horror in all of its forms except for body horror i'm not too into that not too into that either i am not into horror that is actually scary yes okay yeah so we diverge a bit on yes. this. That's why I'm like, ooh, charmed. <laughs> ooh. Oh, I see I see what you're saying. Like you like um spooky stuff. Yeah. But not scary stuff. You like scary. I like scary. But I like spooky too. I like it all. You contain multitudes. I ah. do not. Well, um, I do not know about that at all. So anyway. <laughs> uh all right, so he dead. He dead to dead. He dead. She killed him. She went to go. Commercial. Commercial and back. back and we're in back. It. Back at Phoebe it. Phoebe is investigating Terry Lane. Yes, multiple investigations this episode. There's so many. Detective Phoebe. Um, there are so many investigations going on. So there was a little TL on the bracelet on yeah. the heart. And she learns it's Terry Lane. And um, it's just a measly little bracelet. But for some reason, Claire is like, we have multiple buyers interested already. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Um, Capital. So this is when we learn that Terry Lane is the name of a girl who was kidnapped from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Shout out to Oakland. Shout out to Oakland. You wow, we're mentioned. really placing it uh, in a geographical location. Um, and I think this is when she learns that there was a private eye who was hired by Terry Lane's mother to search for the girl. And he had the bracelet as his lead, mm-hmm. um, but then he was killed. In the car crash. In the car crash. And the bracelet was thrown from the car's window. And she thinks that the bracelet means that he did find the girl and he was on his way to tell the mom, but he never was able to. And now that they have the bracelet, they can link the two and finally give the mom some peace or reconcile her with her daughter. And this is an entire plot line compressed into about three segments. (laughs) Yes. That's it. This was rushed. Yeah. It could have been an entirely different episode. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a worthy storyline. I think it is should not have been in this episode. Yeah, it did injustice to the characters who are at the heart of the plot and to the characters that we know and love, which are Piper and Prue. Exactly. Give me back my episode, Edith. (laughs) Um, All right, so... So Phoebe's like, no. No, indeed. And then we go back to Quake. Where there's another inspection going on. Oh, my on. God. And another trench coat. It's a health inspector. No. I keep thinking of the health inspector from Ratatouille. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this health inspector shows up at Quake, and he opens his uh, trench coat pockets and flashes his health inspector badge, and is like, I'm here for a health inspection. Ma'am, is it really bad that I, I saw him and I was like, Look, another Asian American actor. I mean, that's the only thing I ever think to myself <laughs> anytime. So it's not. I was bad. like, thank God. Oh, I miss you, John Cho. I miss John Cho. Oh, he should have. He should have been a permanent installment of this. No, he shouldn't have. He was much better than this. Oh. 
Anyway. Okay. So the health inspector has one job, and it's to... Health inspect. Look for inspectings of houses. <laughs> Healths. <laughs> no, yours was better. We'll go with yours. <laughs> the health inspector's job is to make sure there are no rats under hats. Yes. Wow. Thank well you. Well put. Well put. Thank you. Thank you. Ratatouille. <laughs> Help me with that one. <laughs> We're spending too much time on this. Okay, okay. But it's uh, cracking me up. So Piper is, like, looking a little under the weather because... Oh, queasy. Yeah, she's still... She's having some kind of reaction mm-hmm. to her uh, scratch that is still trying to heal. Um, and the health inspector notices and thinks that maybe she should go home. Ma'am, ma'am. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm fine. We wipe down the counters. We disinfect things every 10 minutes. Also, there's, I don't remember what this is called because I'm about to keel over and die. Yes, I'm just going to go crawl into the meat locker for like 10 minutes. That's it. And she sticks her head in and the health inspector is like, ma'am, I will shut (laughs) this restaurant down. By the power vested in me by the San Francisco Health Board. (laughs) Gosh, you wouldn't know it, but rats are not the only thing we're looking for. It's also women who stuff their entire sweaty face into a freezer. Um, Anyhow, anyhow, so uh, she's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go home. She heads home. And now we go back to the parking lot, the scene of Billy's death. The murder scene of the murder crime. I'm so glad you said that because I have... I, so I was typing my notes to my phone, and I was typing so fast that I didn't know that autocorrect was doing things that I wasn't expecting. So Trudeau and Fallon are at Billy's Crumb scene. <laughs> crumb. Oh, ah, crumb. Ah, nuts. Yes, so it's very suspicious. Mm. Very, very suspicious. Who could have killed him? Why would he be killed? Maybe it's the ritual killing, but the ritual's not there. <gasps> So it has to be somebody else. But maybe it's not somebody else because they were just trying to make it look like it wasn't a ritual killing because they're on to them. But maybe they know that we know that they know that it was a ritual killing. Exactly. And this entire time. So in the beginning, like in her introduction, Agent Fallon was like maybe a little bit uh, on the nose about I'm a female FBI agent and therefore I pose a threat and I know it. Mm-hmm. If she was a little bit on the nose in the beginning, now she's, like, hanging out with the sign that says, Boo, it's me. I'm the killer. (laughs) I'm the Windigo. It's ridiculous. Everything she says is like, yes, I'd guess that it would be that one. Not that I would know. (laughs) Like, it's it's ridiculous. Um, But I do believe that Trudeau knows already from his phone call with, uh, Piper, that the Wendigo can take human form. Yes. So he suspects that Billy was killed to hide the true form, or the human form of the Wendigo. Yes. So oblivious Andy is not totally oblivious, mm-hmm. but he's a little bit oblivious. He's he's on the scent at the crumb scene. There's a rat under the scent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we're back at the auction house. Yes, and Prue blends into the wall. Oh, my, yes. That was my fashion note. The sweater she is wearing, this baby blue exact same color as the wall behind her <laughs> choices um okay so this uh, is stupid uh, oh yes tell me more oh this is stupid so they're at the auction and all these buyers are about to try to bid for the bracelet and phoebe's like do something prue and prue's like what am i gonna do phoebe's like you do the blinky <laughs> you gotta blink 
Sorry. I, but I can't get over this. Phoebe does, like, d- d- blink. You got to do the little, yeah. And she tries to signal to Prue, like, use your powers. Uh-huh. So Phoebe's approximation of Prue using her powers is like a, a wink, a wink, <laughs> which it basically is. Kind of. That's yeah. what she does in this episode. She, like, makes some weird grimaces. And it keeps zooming way in on her face, way in on her face. Because what she's doing is as soon as somebody raises their paddle to bid, she flings it out of their hand. Yes. Weird strategy, Brew. You know what a better strategy probably would have been? Huh. Thinking about this beforehand, maybe, and like saying we need to do more background research on the bracelet hmm. because it's from a questionable source. Yeah, I need to see some papers on that. Yeah. Or nobody can bid if they don't have their bidding paddles. <laughs> Excellent idea. <laughs> So this was stupid. Um, anyway, okay, so we go back to the house. We, uh, yes, we do after, go back to the house. After Phoebe has succeeded in getting Prue to, to uh, upset the auction, to sabotage it. Yes, um, and Piper is pl- fiddling around with her uh, uh, bandage, and she takes it off, and underneath, it's just fur! fur where the cut had been um so now she's pretty anxious so then she has a knock at the door and it's andy so she goes to the door and she um is trying to be a little bit uh she's trying to hide the fact that she's worried about the fact that she might be turning into a wendigo and then i don't know what happens but maybe trudeau says something yeah and then she has to kill him she turns into a wendigo yes. and kills him and kills him dead and then she, she kills him up. she wendigo she wendigo <laughs> tell me when to go <laughs> Little E40 no. action for all you out there. Oh my god. Yeah, she tell him when to go. She tell him when to go. <laughs> and then she wakes up, and it was all a terrible, terrible nightmare. It's a terrible dream, but she's still looking pretty sickly. Yeah, but another wonderful horror trope. Yeah. The oh. nightmare before something happens. Mm-hmm. The fever dream. The fever dream. The fever dream that's also a fever because she's turning into yes. a wendigo. There are levels to this. And here we go. Then the, the door ring, doorbell rings. <laughs> the door rings. It's Andy for real. And Special Agent Fallon. <gasps> and this is where we get all those low-angle horror movie shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because they're taking something that is very mundane, Mm-hmm. which is Andy <laughs> saying that he cares and he wants to check up on Piper. And then something very sinister, which is Special Agent Fallon questioning. Yeah. And they're like, when Andy says something, it's fine. But then it's Special Agent Fallon, it's like, low angle. <laughs> um, anyway, Piper looks awful. She does. She looks so bad. So Andy and Fallon leave. After seeing if Piper has any more yeah. information. And no, she doesn't. She just knows that it can take human form, and that's yeah. pretty much it. I think I remembered Fallon touches her arm, Piper's arm, and goes, hmm, you're the only one to have survived an attack, like a scratchy attack. But you don't look good. Curious. Walks away. Walks away. Because I'm the murderer, <laughs> and I would know. It is I. There were so many points during this episode that it could have it's just like, take the mask off. <laughs> it was I who stole the jewels. <laughs> okay, so now we go back to the other storyline, which I've completely forgotten about, and it's Phoebe 
reuniting Terry Lane with her mother. That's pretty much it. It's like what should be, and it is a tearful reunion, but there's no payoff because we don't know anything about these people. Yes. And then there is like a scene where the two are, where um, Phoebe and Prue are like watching them reunite and Prue's yeah. like, I'm proud of you. And that's, I think, supposed to be our payoff, but we don't feel it as strongly because we weren't invested in this plot arc no, at all. At all. There was, uh, there was no buildup. There was just exposition the entire time. Yeah. Edith. Tragic. Uh, tragic. They found her. Okay. So now we're in a park, I think. Golden Gate Park. Oh, yes. It looked like the Japanese tea garden a little bit. I don't actually know where this was shot. I should have figured it out. Hmm. Well, there's a little, like, bridge thing over some little water feature thing. Yeah, a little water feature. And it does look like um, this spot, this, like, open grassy area in Golden Gate Park in which I would look down upon people practicing their, like, flag Mm -hmm. twirling and, and some interesting, like, circus tricks and things. Oh. Yeah. So huh. maybe the Wendigo is just after somebody who will teach her how to wave a flag. Should have joined marching band. Should have joined the marching band. Um, so Trudeau is there with Fallon, and they're talking about doing a stakeout. Yeah, they're talking. They have two trench coats. Two Each. trench coats. <laughs> <laughs> trench coat and trench pants. You know I need to wear one trench coat on top of the on top of the other. I get chilly. <laughs> a windbreaker, a trench coat, and we got a sweater. Okay, so yes, they're talking about doing a stakeout in this park because this is where the monster, the creature, the windigo, where it hunts. Oh yeah, there's this whole thing about how it hunts in threes or th- in the over full three moon. nights. The yes, three phases over the of three the full phases moon. of the full moon, and it. Uh, is it going to come back? Do they think it's going to come back to the same location? Was that the thing? Yeah, they think it will strike again at the same location and either go for someone with a heart full of love or a broken heart or somebody who's AB negative. <laughs> <laughs> this didn't make any sense. <laughs> they, they never really like fully gave us the actual MO. They just gave us like a bunch of different hypotheses. Yes. Exactly. But you know yeah. what? You can take any of them. Yeah. Still weird looking. Still scary. Yeah. Still effective in some ways. Yes. And we and we know that it does have to do with someone's maliciousness towards people who are having a good time with their lives. Yeah. Love. Live. Or love. Um, okay. So this is especially evident when Agent Fallon is talking to Andy about, like, I don't like commitment. I don't like these things. I had a man once. But then you know how it goes. Empty drawers, empty whatever, and a note. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Trudeau's like, I, I'm sorry. I, f- I feel like I, um, I understand. She's like, no, you never could. You never could. But I've dealt with it in But my you own dated way. one of the sisters. And he was like, yeah, we, we dated. That's my business, yo. <laughs> and she's like, okay. But what if we didn't talk about dating? What if we just talked about sex? Sexuals. <laughs> Is that nuptials but sex? Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe. And um, I think this is something that like takes this trope of the promiscuous woman to an extreme. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. 
the the woman who is unfeeling and has no heart and uses people for sex except there's a reason it's because she's eating other people's hearts and she's a literal monster <laughs> she's a literal monster and she's a literal monster so um that's great would love to know what laura mulvey would have to say about that or linda williams or um, any other feminist film theorist but just this idea of there, there, oh, oh, Andy says, where were you when I was in college? Mm. As if relegating this idea of sex while not in a romantic relationship is something that only happens when someone is younger and less careful and does not care about the serious things in life. Hmm. That's an interesting read on that. Thank you. I made it up myself. <laughs> Um, I mean, he, he doesn't say it in a disparaging way, mm-hmm. really. But I think the context is there of this woman being this woman being a monster, also being immature. Okay, yeah. Not being able to handle something as deep as love and instead wanting to destroy it. Ah. That is a really... Okay, yeah, I see that. You don't have to... Dis- or, don't have to disagree. You don't have to agree with me. That is. I don't disagree. I just hadn't thought about it that deeply. Aha. Aha ha ha. All right, we should move on. Okay, I was just thinking about trench coats anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's going on in your head? Just trench coats. <laughs> like a like a stream of parade. Them. <laughs> like of a parade coats. of them. So Piper's miserable and hairy, um, and. They, I, I'm just coming to think that the writers of Charmed, just like it when Holly Marie Combs is mean. Oh, yeah. So the sisters come home to, like, see what's up with Piper. And Piper is angry. Angry. And she keeps saying things that are, like, very softly angry. Yeah. Like, mean. That are like, you couldn't even hold down a job. <laughs> they're like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Piper. Back off there. She's like, you know what? Your shirt today? I said it looked good. Didn't look that good. Exactly. It's that whole. It's the same thing that happened in the truth is out there, and it hurts. I can see your pimple from a mile away. Um, so they they realize that she's not doing too well. They can see that there are some drastic changes changes in personality and mood, um, and they've come to the conclusion that they need to figure out more about this Wendigo. Also, like she shows them her hair, her furry. Wait, does she have furry arms? Yeah, she has okay. a furry arm. So then she shows them her furry arms. Me too! <laughs> I was so excited. It was like, me too. It keeps me warm in the winter. I'm oh. Wendigo. <laughs> um, so they're concerned that she's turning into one. Yes, and then Phoebe gets a premonition of Andy getting attacked by the <gasps> Wendigo. So they have to go find him. To the books. I mean, to the park. Well, they do the books. Do the books. So they go to the books, and they see that, yes, Piper may be turning into a Wendigo, Excuse me. And the only way to get her back to normal is to kill the original Wendigo. Ah. Unbecoming, <laughs> they call it. It's so a killing. Quite murder. a logic. Yeah, it is. Uh, they realize that they need to kill the original Wendigo. Yes. So they go to the park. And they go to the park. And, well, no, before they go to the park, they're like, oh, but in case Piper turns, we need something to restrain her. Yes. And Phoebe's like, I've got something. She goes, rustles about, and she finds handcuffs, like police-grade handcuffs. (laughs) And I take great issue with this. Phoebe would have pink, fuzzy handcuffs, 
And I'm not budging on that. You're probably absolutely correct. Maybe she has multiple. Huh. She just didn't These want her to ruin her, yeah. her, nice, her nice ones. But that's very cruel. Like, how chafing? Anyway. Okay. So they handcuff Piper to a pipe. And, and then they yeah. rush off. And the last <gasps> shot of this is Piper's Piper, like, with both wrists around a pipe, oh, just yeah. kind of sliding back and forth, like, no. <laughs> She's having a pretty miserable day. She's having a rough time. So they abandoned her after she said, screw you, bitch. Ooh. Scary. Your eyeliner, I can see that it's not a full wing. You know what? Your makeup has looked better. <laughs> anyway, so then we go back to um, to the park and... Still, Agent Fallon is giving all these clues. A, B, negative. Yeah. Crumbs, you might say. Crumbs. Crumbs. At the crumb scene. At the crumb scene. So this sexually adventurous woman is a monster. <gasps> of course. And um, that's it. That's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. She starts turning to attack Andy. And Andy brings out a gun to shoot. But she knocks him to the ground. And um, and then we go back to the attic, and it's an American werewolf and Piper. <laughs> um, that was my pun for the evening. Yes. And then it's a commercial after the scary, scary transformation. Cliffhanger. Of Piper into a windigo. Cliffhanger. Oh, she breaks you of her pipe. Yeah. Piper is on the loose. Fuck the plumbing. <laughs> um, commercial. Okay. And then... Okay, so Trudeau gets Oh, attacked. oh, oh, I screwed up. I cool. screwed up. Okay, uh, Agent Fallon just keeps dropping hints before the commercial break. She doesn't actually turn yet. Piper turns into the Wendigo. Then it's a commercial. Then we get a whole lot more sexual innuendo euphemism from Fallon. The instinct of the hunt. And Andy goes, oh, this turn you on? Y- yeah, and Fallon's like, in fact, it turns me into... <laughs> Oh, Wendigo! And another pantsuit is ruined. It's such a bummer. Oh, that's Those the real tragedy of the, this story. Yeah. Anyway, so that's when she knocks him down mm-hmm. after he gets his gun out. And she's like, I'm against guns. Yes. I'm, but I'm pro-killing with my claws. With my bare hands. <laughs> my Wendigo hands. Uh, meanwhile, Phoebe and Prue arrived on the scene of the Golden Gate Park. And they have a flare gun. It's got three shots in it, so it it. can't miss. And they say, the moon is over there, so go closer to the moon. That's where they'll be. Which, what? The moon is a very distant body in space. Yes, and she's she's, uh, very sensitive, too. Anyway, so uh, a distant body in space. Poetic. Who wrote that? It was me. Mary Oliver? Oh. Oh. R.I.P. But Bryce Wong, too. Me, too. The moon is a distant body in space, and she's lonely. Mm. So, flare gun to the rescue. Okay. And they scare off the Wendigo. But Andy is there lying on the ground, and he has been carved into. (gasps) He's got a little scratchy scratch. He's got a little scratchy scratch on his chest, and he's out cold. And so... um, so the Wendigo keeps trying to, like, reapproach. Yeah. And, and they have to keep firing the gun. And the first time, they miss. Mm-hmm. And the second time, 
they also miss. Well, but they, they hit the tree. They hit the tree, but they miss the Wendigo. And they realize it's because there are two Wendigos. <gasps> Wendigo-go. Oh. Wake me up before you Wendigo-go. <laughs> there are so many very good oh, potential episode so, titles. So, so now they're next to Andy's prone body with one last shot in the flare gun and two Wendigos approaching. And they don't know which one is Piper. You would think they would have some sort of instinct of, like, which... Anyway, there should have been some sort of explanation. But instead, Prue's like, shoot! This is a 50-50 shot. It's okay. Yeah. We'll take those odds. There, there's literally no thinking about, oh, no, what if it's Piper? It's like, I'm just shoot. Yeah. Which, it, yikes. Um, um, but, they, but they shoot... And they were and wrong. They, they were wrong. They shot toward Piper, but Piper freezes the flare. <gasps> so Ingenious. That's, that's how they realize. And and Phoebe's like, Prue, do the blinky blinky. And so she blinks, and the flare shoots <gasps> over to the real Wendigo. In the heart. In the heart. She did. She did. Uh, cleans up nicely, I would say. Because yeah, she, she just kind of dissolves. Oh, as I was watching this, I was like, oh, I remember learning how to do this fire texture effect in <laughs> Final Cut. Let's just drag and copy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like mold it. For those who haven't seen this episode, I realize what I think the Wendigo looks like. It's like a low-budget version of Chewbacca. Yeah. With the transformation sequence of an American werewolf in Paris. Mm. Horror meets sci-fi meets every trope about a sexually adventurous woman being a literal monster. Witchery. Plus witchery, plus X-Files. Plus X-Files. Wow. Genre bending. And there's a nice little story about a P.I. and the girl who gets reunited with her mom. Yeah, I, again, completely forgot about that story. Yeah. Why? Underwritten. And they were like, Edith, you've got one episode. And she's like, okay, it's my time. Yeah, my God. Okay. Well, anyway, so the Wendigo is vanquished. Wendigo-go. Wendigo-go. Wendigon. 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 That Wendigo has Wendigon. And, um, and Andy miraculously heals. Yes. And uh, Piper uh, retransforms back into her regular human self, and she's naked. She's naked in the woods. Naked in the woods. Naked and afraid. Naked, naked. <laughs> and then she peeks out from behind a tree and is like, uh-oh, help. She's back. Yes. Very vulnerable. Okay. Okay, we're back at Quake. So it's the ending scene. It's the three sisters uh, debriefing on the past episode. Yeah. The past 42 minutes of their lives. <sighs> Pretty much. That's it. That's really all it is. And then they ask Prue, how did you explain this to Andy? And she says, I just told him the truth. And you and me, well, you were like, I feel like we should have seen that scene. We should have seen that scene. We really should have seen that scene because she did tell him the truth and just left him to kind of figure it out on his own. So we are to infer. And I really strongly feel that that storyline should have been played out instead of this crammed in storyline about a young girl and her mother. Um, so a lot of good ideas that weren't executed to their fullest extent. No, they really weren't. And I had fun with the Wendigo stuff. Yeah. I thought it was actually like very entertaining yeah. and campy, of course. I love a good monster film. Love a good monster flick, except if it's scary. And this was not scary. It was just kind of fun and a pastiche of different mm. monster flicks. And I'm down for that. Yeah. Not the original, though. Not the OG. Okay. So... 
Yeah, so they just basically end it with Piper uh, being fake mean to them. Yes. And then saying, I'm joking, I'm joking. And and Phoebe and Prue do this thing where they go, ooh. Oh, and Phoebe quits her job at oh, Buckland. Oh, and Phoebe quits. So we kind of quits. Phoebe quits. <laughs> she quiets. So we kind of just reset at the end of this episode back to normal. And that's it. That's the app. And that's the ending. My God, I really wish this had just been about the X-Files and about Prue and Andy reconciling somewhat. Mm-hmm. And and I would only give it a one out of five Jeremy's for the death. It was not memorable. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was not memorable. No. It could have been so much more dramatic, and they didn't even give a thought to Piper. Yeah. I did Shit. find it quite, quite startling that she almost got hit by the flare gun. That was startling. Yeah. An almost vanquish of Piper is startling, but the actual vanquish, not so much. <sighs> I suppose you're right. Okay, so because I was so frustrated about the structure of this episode, I have written a cut scene. Oh. Also known as fan fiction. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Exterior. A bench outside the SFPD station. Day. Prue walks up to Andy, who is waiting for her. Two coffees at the ready. He gestures for her to sit down. Bad coffee? Only the finest from the precinct vending machine. Straight to your door. <laughs> Straight. I see what you did there. Right, right. Since this whole thing is a metaphor for sexual orientation. Yeah. I'm going to reboot my memory on that one because this is definitely a heterosexual show. Anyway, what were you saying? Well, I just wanted to talk to you, Prue. It's... I've, I've learned a lot about my precarious place in the universe in the last 48 hours, and I gotta say... I didn't react well to all of it, but I think, I think I'm beginning to understand why you wanted to keep secrets from me. And I don't want to pressure you, but I want to be here for you in this one wild and precious life. I know this hasn't always been the case, but I'm ready to listen with as little judgment as I can manage, oh, with as little judgment as I can manage, given my predefined notions of the world, I'm here. Oh, Andy. Last night, the Wendigo, those are part of my world daily. I know it seems like stuff you really, really wish weren't real, but for me, they're impossible to deny. Letting you in, I, I don't know if I could take the rejection. That's okay. I'm here to learn. Prue stands, taking the coffee with her. I have to check on Piper, but I'll call you. With the truth? Last night was the truth. Still want me to call? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And scene. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> cute, cute, cute. So anyway, just going to wedge in gay shit <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Please do. Um, well, that about concludes our episode, I think. My God. We did it again. For the 12th time. 12th, 13th time. 12th, 13th time. Baker's Dozen. Yes. I am I'm startled every single time we finish an episode. <laughs> I, I know. You have the same tone. I know. <laughs> at, the end of every, at the end of every episode, it's always, oh, we did it again. <laughs> I cannot believe what we are doing with our one Believe it. precious life. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, thank you all so much for listening mm-hmm. yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great time doing this, and we are so thankful to any of you that use us as companionship, as a way to fill the space in your house. Um, really, anything. It's mm-hmm. fun to make. Yeah. This fills a hole in my heart. It does. You should get that checked out. The Wendigo. The Wendigo. <laughs> Wendigo doctor will check you out. We'll see you now. Okay. Heart surgeon. So, um, let's see. Are there any lessons that can be found from this episode? What is our, our takeaway, our final takeaways? Hmm. Never be in love, because it'll only end with your heart getting torn out. Sage advice Thank from you. the Wendigo. <laughs> Sage advice indeed. Um, okay. Um, oh, and don't smoke. Oh, that, yeah, that was going to be mine. Smoking oh, kills. Oh, so sorry. Smoking kills. Smoking kills. And don't necessarily trust your sisters to know if it's you in the woods in that <laughs> suit of hair. <laughs> Instead, perhaps work on your freezing prowess. Always be prepared. And know how to change a tire. That's the best one. That know how to change a tire. Yeah. Don't smoke and know how to change a tire. Indeed. Life lessons right here on Charm to Spellcast. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Shayna. You can find me at Shayna Macy. I am Bryce. You can find me at Your Best Bryce or at Finished Foodstagram. And you can find us together at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. Spellcast. Spellcast. And you can also... Find us on email, charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Send us anything. Send us your reviews if you if you wrote them. And we will send you a delightful little jingle. It shall be wonderful. You're wonderful. I'm going to stop talking now and get some food. Oh, snackies. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Stick around for a song. Have my heart, it's shipping at my ribs when the sky goes dark. Howls at the moon, press my chest to keep it quiet, but it won't Talking when I sleep, I've locked it up real tight, but it's still looking for your key. When to go? gone. Now it's time for me to move on. Another girl, another guy. Promise not to count the days and nights we'll all love and all lose. But it's harder when I'm losing next to you. When they're gone, when they're gone, tell my heart to move on. I still care for you. It's tearing at my guts to know we're through But I'm not that guy My skeleton is shaking But I respect that you said goodbye And I will stay away In all respects that you need I know I can refrain When to go gone. Now it's time for me to move on. Another girl, another guy. Promise not to count the days and nights we'll all love and all lose. Want you to know that I'm still here for you. When to go, when to gone.
tell my heart to move on. No creepy stuff, I know that there's no point in being mad for something we once to go, when to gone, now it's time for me to move on, another girl, another guy, promise not to count the days and nights we'll all love and all lose, it hurts to think that I almost lost you, when to go, when to gone, my heart is gonna move on, when to go, my heart is gonna move on. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.